You're listening to the Understarters Orders Racing Podcast. Expert racing analysis from both sides of the Irish Sea. So stay tuned for the best insights and opinions on the weekend's racing here on the Understarters Orders Podcast. everyone welcome to the understarters orders podcast it's that time of year again it's royal ascot time and i'm joined by the three main men who will take you through all the big selections for this week uh this week's meeting all the uh, meeting running till saturday um let's see who we've got we're here we've got andrew cummins hello andrew chris how are you i'm all right buddy have we got some big price selections for us this week maybe maybe not uh, maybe later not. in the week i'll have some towards the end of the show yeah absolutely Beautiful. Here comes Mr. Declan Carroll, or Deck. Good evening, lads. How are you getting on? I'm great, thank you, buddy. And in the background there, it's Stephen. Hello, Steve. Stephen Chaps. Hi. How are you doing, buddy? Hey, yeah, I made it. He's made it. <laughs> Bad skin of your teeth? Uh, no, they're, they're still here. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's all right. <laughs> I'm Teaching, them young. <laughs> Teaching them young there, Steve. I can see him there. Hello, Daddy. <laughs> we're on it. We're on it. Right, uh, boys, uh, as we're going through, I've got a few quiz questions for us all as we're through tonight. Um, public, if you're watching in the background, if you've got any questions for us, make sure you fire them in by the chat stream. And you could win yourself one of these. Not just one. But two, yeah, just two, but three of our prized beer mats. If you can guess the correct answer to our question, make sure you put it in the chat and we'll choose some winners at random to see if you can win some of these. And I'll be sending them out. I know that Declan and it's D, you've still not got yours, have you? No, no, I don't think so. drink. Yes, I've just not managed to send them out yet. I've been so so busy, it will be sent out. No, it's, it will be fine. It'll be fine. Right, we're going to kick off. We're going to kick things off, boys. Uh, we're going to start with our very first race. Yes, yes, yes. The first race tomorrow will be the Queen Anne Stakes. Here we go. We're going to start with the Queen Anne. And the betting's through here from Skillbet, which is here. We've got Palace Pier at 4-9 to nine favourite. Order of Australia at 6-1. to one. Lope Fernandez at 11s. Top rank is at 14-1. to one. So Busker at 20s and... Regal Reality Lord, glitter, glitter at 20s, 33 to 1 bar those, all the way down to Accidental Agent there at 66 to 1. Uh, our partners at Skillbet, they're at skillbethq.com. If you are going to have a free, want a free bet this week at uh, Royal Ascot, make sure that you sign up using that code USOBET10 and get yourself a free £10 bet. They are uh, about to launch the website next week, so which will be a, a big, big plus for them. So really looking forward to them doing that and hopefully get Stu back on to talk to us about that. But let's kick off with this Queen Anne Stakes. Uh, Declan, who, do you want to start off by talking about that, mate? Yeah, look, I think this is an open close case. Like The, the favourite's not going to be beaten. Um, he's so professional. He's just getting better and better every time. You know, people are, are trying to pick holes in his performances this season, but I just think he's been very, very good. He, everything he does is, is very, very good. Um, he knows his job, and there's just nothing that can touch him. There's, there's probably not an awful lot around either. You know, when you're looking through the field, 
Or of Australia was a surprise winner at, at Keeneland. Um, and he's second favourite here. Like He's quite short to be taking the gavel and, and turning this favourite over. Lope Fernandez, we know, was a 7-4 long horse. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a, a lot of them are just not good enough. Um, top rank is, is probably the second best uh, horse in the field. Um, and if you ignore his, his new market form, you know, his form is, is quite good. It's It's you know, it's quite strong and it's consistent and in my opinion it's better than the rest of them. But I just think Palace Pierre is he wins this as he pleases. Um there may not be fireworks, but he's just professional the way he goes about his business. Um I really, really like him and I think top rank will follow him home. Thanks very much. Dex Steve, you've got an opinion on the rest, Steve? Yeah, no, I sort of pretty much agree with Deck really is there's not there's no real depth to the race, is there? If you went back a few years you could probably bring Lord Glitters into the mix, but we've been speaking about him in a while for this. I know he pops up in Dubai giving a big price, but mm-hmm. kind of in the in the lock but he's got too much to find. If there was a bit of rain, he could maybe he could maybe chase under the favourite, but the one the one that is a bit different in the race is a uh, regal reality. He's been he's run some good race over a mile and a quarter. Stepping back to a mile was so <laughs> First time up is a bit different for um <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Shush. <laughs> stepping back to stepping back to him, I think he might be he might be the one to chase the favourite home cruise. Excellent, thanks very much. Uh Steve, uh, Andy, what about yourself? Sounds like me roaring a horse home in the last furlong there in Steve's house. Um oh, they're, they're no, no. <laughs> <laughs> we've made Stephen do. Oh god. <laughs> Um, look, yeah, the, the only thing, the only thing that, that gets Palace Pier beat here is himself. Um, the, the stall eleven drawn out on the wing. He, like, if you want to nitpick, he can be have a tendency to be slowly away. And if he's drawn eleven and he's slowly away, that could put him on the back foot after a furlong or two. Um, I don't see a whole lot of pace in here either. So if he does miss the break, he should be able to make it up. But, and he, as Dex said, he's a professional horse, so you wouldn't expect him to be keen after slightly missing a break. And then, you know, once Frankie doesn't bustle him up and then take a pull, that's, that's what can really set a horse off. And then your race is over after a furlong or two. Um, it's just a matter of trying to find something to take him on with, though. Like that would have, in nine times out of ten, if I spotted something like that, I'd find a, a horse to take him on with. But the most unexposed horse in the field outside of Palace Beer would be Order of Australia. But he was um, a surprise winner at the Breeders' Cup, like scraping home against Lupe Fernandez and and Circus Maximus. But Palace Pier has blown him away. Uh, there's no Muhatar, so uh, obviously gone to stud. Um, the three-year-olds, obviously this four-year-old only, and then we might see him take on the three-year-olds later in the season, maybe in the Sussex Stakes, or I'd say he'll go to France again, um, maybe try and get a bit of softer ground. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't act on the hard, on the faster ground, I know he won on his debut, but. Like he clearly for me, he's probably better with a little bit of juice in the ground. Um but like you're you're looking at these type of horses and like most of these like bless him, accidental agent. I know he's a former group one winner. Um Lord Glitters has passed at Sir Busker. Like yeah. a lot of these horses made their names in big handicaps and they're yeah. stepping up now. And now they're I just label them as hard to place. They're just there because <laughs> they're really clear on the RPRs, isn't it? Oh, he's a long, long way clear. Yeah. Um so, like, you're just kind of nitpicking here. So, it would be Palace Pier for me, unless either the ground or 
the way the races run get or the one that the way the races run gets him beat. But like if if he if Palace Pear doesn't run to form, it's an absolute free for all with the rest of the field. So I couldn't even give you one to follow him home. Yeah. Palace Pear then odds on shot gonna win the first race of the week. Thumbs up, boys. Yeah. 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 No thumbs up, just nods. That'll do. Anyway. Coventry Stakes is the next one, the Coventry. Uh, well, let's get the betting up from this from Stuart Skilbert. This is a wide open race, really, isn't it? Um, coif Maker. Is that how you say it? Co- coif Maker? I think coif it's coffee. Maker. I think it's coffee, coffee as in coffee a cup of coffee, on. isn't it? Coffee Maker, four to one. Coffee. <laughs> the Acropolis at six to one. Gisborne, who was impressive last time at 13 to two. Dabab at seven to one. I think he's seen a lot of money though in the last few hours. Dabab. Um, I think he might now be shading favoritism. Maceto at fifteen to two has drifted in the last few uh, in the last hour or so. Ebro River at seventy two and ten to one. Bar those. Um, where do you want to start here, Andrew? Because I know you quite like Maceto, and I think we've put him up at twenty to one, haven't we? And anti post. He was yeah. We've tipped him at bigger prices. Anti post. I'd still fancy him. Um, like he's. Like he has, he's probably halved in price now. You can get kind of get around eight, nine to one, I think. Um, like he was shorter. I think when the uh, when Castle Star came out, he was around eleven to two. So he has eased in the market, and I would say that's probably the ground. Um, but he just like he doesn't strike me as a horse that wouldn't be able to handle quick ground. He just mm-hmm. has never never been tried on it before. But if you look through his form, like he's beaten stacks of subsequent winners at Navin. And then he effectively finished on the bridle behind Castle Star when not being able to get a run late. And other horses behind him, Twilight Jet, who was the other horse who couldn't get a run that day, who was boxed yeah. in. He won very impressively. Um, and just to skip ahead, I think Twilight Jet would win the Windsor Castle. Um, but I just think that's really, really rock solid form. It's a horse that's progressing. For me, he's just as good as Castle Star. Um at the very minimum and it's just reliable form like he reminds me of a horse kind of like advertised from a few years ago where you can see reliable form and when you can take reliable form into the coventry that's more than half the battle with these kind of unexposed horses um berkshire shadow beat gisborne on his on his race course debut and gisborne obviously came on no end to win at newbury uh the form is still I'm not saying it hasn't worked out. It's kind of untrusted, but he was so impressive and he was good on the clock. So, and Richard Hannon obviously uh, handles two-year-olds very, very well. Uh, you kind of go through the Acropolis, obviously uh, Aidan O'Brien trying to win the Coventry for I think the tenth time. Um, usually with a first season sire as well. So this is a son of Churchill. Uh, he was really impressive at the stole. He was very well backed, I think, on 2000 Guineas Day. He just was too green to do himself justice. He improved for the better ground next time out and made no mistake. Uh, Coffee Maker won a four and a half furlong race on the dirt and is now going up against the Colts over six. Um, you, you couldn't you couldn't give me a free bet on her. I'd, I'd happily take her on. It's an interesting uh, what Wesley Ward said about that race. He said, if you land all of his up over six furlongs, this Coffee Maker would be the one who would come out on top. Well, how many winners has Wesley Ward had over six furlongs? Yeah, five furlongs, plenty, but not six. Yeah. No, like I just, I, I don't really get it. Like I, I don't, maybe just run her in the Albany. Uh, look, fair enough. We're going to give it a go, but I'd just be more than happy to let her t- uh, shape the market for us. Um, I thought Eldrick Jones, a son of Kotai Glory. You know, he's a fifty to one shot. I'm not tipping him now in any way, but he was well backed ahead of his debut. 
and he was probably a little bit unlucky. He he was he was quite green. He was slow away, um, and he was. It looked like he was going to win. He just didn't quite get there in the end. It was actually quite a taking debut, I thought. Um, and the connections, obviously, the um, syndicate, the white and black. Who was um, trying to get the name? It's Nick Bradley, I think. Um, I think it was only a sell of that race, wasn't it? Though really, it was only yeah, it was yeah. Now like they're they're really pitching them in here for the probably the shits and giggles, but I don't think it was a seller now. I think it was, it was a lower grade. I think there's in England, you just have these A, B, C and D bands now, don't you? Yeah, C, D bands are similar yeah. to seller. Yeah, like in Ireland, we just have median auctions um, and that's mm. what's a lower grade. You just, it basically there are maidens that Aidan O'Brien isn't allowed partaking. Um, and, and that's kind of what the Tursk thing is, is going on. But I wouldn't be surprised if Eldrick Jones ran a huge race if Stall 2 was beneficial. I'm not sure if it's going to be beneficial or not. Um, but like he's he's bred to be a proper two-year-old. And I just I could see him going well for a long way. He'd probably go out, he'd probably come up just a bit short. Um Berkshire Shadow is the other one that kind of I I I would take the Gisburns form, I would give that as a bit of a boost to Berkshire Shadow. Um, but I'd be sticking with Macedo here. I think he's at, at bare minimum a top three two year old in Ireland. And if he handles the quick round, which I think he will, um, I think mm. he'll take a fair bit of beating here. Thanks very much. Yeah, we're, we're just hoping that he does run well under Gavin Ryan. I think he, he the ground is the big issue, I think. And uh, we'll obviously find out tomorrow whether he handles it or not, but hopefully he will. Um, let's come to you, Steve. What about the Coventry Stakes? Uh, I think I covered it quite well. We covered it in depth, really, which has probably saved me a lot of waffling. But um, yeah, I sort of agreed. Masetto was, was very unlucky in the, in the race. I say very unlucky. I thought, I thought the winner bolted would have, to be honest with you, but it was the unlucky of the race where he was, he was last to make his move. It's probably the strongest piece of form that's actually been on, on course. Um, Gisburn's one I quite like. He bolted up on his second run. Um, I'm really clutching here, really, because it's such an open race with so many horses with similar profiles. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wesley Ward, obviously, every year comes over with like two or three, two or three of these so-called hot pots. But four and a half furlongs up to this level, as the cult is, it's unheard of, isn't it? Um, yeah. But I've not heard him this bullish about one since probably Acapulco. Um, he bowled up in the Queen Mary about four or five years ago, and he really did bow up. But um, so as far as selections are concerned, I'm sort of struggling. But if you're taking Wesley Ward's sort of words on board, it's tripped out to five to one. It was a three to one shot earlier this morning. So maybe the layers have stopped taking, stopped taking caution on it. But if, from one from this side of the water, I do like this Bernie. Absolutely bowled up by six lengths at Newbury. Hannon's in form. He's a 41 winner at Windsor tonight as well. Um, the yard's doing okay. You know, this is us won a nice race at a big price at Epsom last week. Um, I'll take a chance on Gisborne. Yeah, you couldn't help but be impressed with um, Gisborne last time. He, he had a bit of shades of... Um, what was the horse that really bolted up on its debut that day and then really completely lost its way um, of the Hannon's... Um, That'll come to me. I'll have to come back to that. I'll come to me, that one. Um, Declan, what about your opinion on the uh, Coventry? Yeah, has anyone seen um, Coffee Maker? How big is she? Um, well, um, she could be a four-year-old for all we know. 
Yeah, you know, like, I looked at on YouTube. I think it was a breeze up. It was a breeze up sort of piece of work or something. It was all on there. Like two horses running around. Looked like a looked like one of them. You know, when they try and get jump, um, around them little circles. It was a weird piece of uh, whatever I saw. I don't know what it was. It wasn't a race. Mm. Um, like yeah, yeah they, my, they, like it depends what's been in her fade, doesn't it? Really, like you know, she up here twice as old as them all. Always, always bulging, like. You just don't know what these horses coming over. Like it's it's a strange one to throw her in here to take these on um over six four lines. Um oh, I don't know, I suppose it it'll be it'll be watch and see. Um she certainly she certainly um not gonna be taking my money. Uh the Bab done done things well at Leicester and there's plenty of potential there, but you know, at the moment. Well I suppose that, you know, it, it's potential for them all really at this stage. Um, you know, I, I think the Acropolis is going the right way. Uh, he was behind the horse of Paddy Toomey's at the Cora and he turned the tables down with Thunder Eclipse at the stall. I, like, he's definitely gone um, the right way and, you know, I wouldn't put anyone off having a, having a go here. Uh, Gisborne, as Steve mentioned there, like, he was quite exciting at Newbury. The second was beating a hate up. Um, we, we just touched on that before we came on live, but... The, the second, he, he did win by six ends though, you know, so um, there, there was that also. Um, and he's covered in the set though, we, we know he's been quite keen. Um, I thought the best horse won on the day at the court. Uh, I know there's excuses, but I thought the winner was, was quite good. Um, it, it was a little bit of a messy race. And, and you mentioned uh, Twilight Jeff for the Windsor Castle. He, yeah. He's not he's not declared. Oh, he's not declared. Oh shit! They came out today, did they? He must be going to the Norfolk then today. Yeah, after. he's actually my selection for down around the surprise for later. But he's actually my selection for the Norfolk. He's so, uh, panicking there for a minute. Um, so I, I should have checked. Oh, that's, that's yeah. Um, I got it's fine. Michael Callan has uh, Admiral D in uh, mm-hmm. the Windsor Castle. So yeah, you, you you gave me the willies there for a minute, but um, he's he's come out of. Um, Ebro River, like, hated every minute of that um, race at Sandown, and he won going away, and you'd have to say that was quite impressive, the way he did things. Like, he'd tested everything about that before the race, right the way through the race, and he won going away. Like, that was, you know, well worth taking out of. Um, vintage Clarets, uh, the, the second from air that's followed up, and he's one who could go well at a, at a big price, but the one I'm going to go for is the organiser. I thought he won impressively at York, and the second has, without winning, has ran quite consistently. And I just think he's won for, for Joseph Chu, who got go well at a big price. Uh, I don't know what Steele's offering us, 23s or 40s, I'd say. Uh, 33s right now. 33s, yeah. Yeah, I, I think he could run a big race here. Um, you know, you're, you're taking the gamble. It's all on potential, really. Someone only yeah. had one run. Uh, I wouldn't be putting anyone off the, the Acropolis. Um, there's a little bit, bit of substance there to the farm, and obviously Andy's, you know, having run in the group race as well. But I just, I just like um, that sort of price around the organizer. He did that very well. The organizer, I remember, beat um, he beat another Hannon horse that's finished second again twice, I think, since then. Rob John, and they yeah. had they had aspirations of Ascot for that horse, and he just simply didn't handle Chester very well last time out. And I think he'll probably have to step up in grades. But the organizer really put him into place that day. He was Galloping away, I remember 
uh, yeah. for George Chute. And I remember him coming out and he said, you know, that the organizers was, you know, one of the better types that he has ever had of, of this type of kind of horse. So I'm, I'll be really, you know, I was really impressive. And 33 to one, you can't grumble at that because I think he'll be staying on quite well towards the end. Whether he's, you know, going to be up to, to placing, you know, is, is anyone's guess, but you, you, you can't. You can't grumble at 33 to 1 for a decent horse that did it so well last time at a tough track like York to get home at. Uh, yeah, some good selections there, boys. Masetto for yourself, Andrew? Yeah, I'm pretty confident with Masetto. Obviously, the ground is the slight concern, but I, I, think he'll, I think he'll handle it, no problem. But I'll just give a little shout to Eldrick Jones. I think he'll, I think he was the best horse in the race that day, and I think he'll go quite well as well. Yeah. But it'll be Masetto for me. See you on Gisborne. Yeah, I'm going to give Gisborne a chance. I wouldn't. Um, we could see something out of the ordinary from the from the American. I'm, I'm going to stick with what we've seen on the track. And Declan, yourself, your Ed Moore River. The organizer for me. The oh, sorry, what am I on about? Yes, the organizer, DMA, the organizer. I do, I do like my set on myself. I, do, I would give Gisborne um, a good shot. I thought he did it well. I think the ground will. While it's not good to sort, I think he will go well. Um, another one that I think will go well is the Acropolis, which we mentioned as well. But if I had to put my neck on the line, I'm already in on Maceto, so we'll we'll go with that. Um, let's move on, though. Next one is the five furlong sprint dash. It is the King Stand. King Stand. Uh, here we go with a betting now from from Stu. It's Batar. She's drifted a little bit. I think out to two to one. Winter Power at four to one, Extravagant Kid at fifteen to two, Oxted is at eight, Liberty Beach at elevens, Kamoro the Philly at fourteen to one, Maven at sixteens, and twenty to one by those. This is not a bad king stand. A lot of people on the uh, on the build up to this have just said Vitash is going to win. Um, is it a grab the big deck? So, um, you come to me, did you? Batash. Yeah, uh, but Tash, look, he's been off injured, hasn't he? Um, he he was injured during the winter, um. So uh, look, I just think he's well worth taking on. You know, I I think sprinters are always worth taking on. I know he's the fastest horse in the world, but you don't always need to find a lot. And we just don't know how he is coming into this, having been off since last summer, uh, and I don't know how badly that injury has affected him over the winter. So yeah, he definitely worth taking on, taking on, but. Yeah, as you look down the field, I just really don't know. Um, obviously, Winter Power looks very exciting, but she's quite short in the betting. And when there is something, you know, when there there is a Batash in there, and he's a shade of odds on now. I think he's a shade of odds on. Was he? Yeah. What no, price? Two to one. Two to, yeah, one. two to one. Well, you know, what, what does that tell you? Um, he should be odds on, and you just don't know how he is. You know, how fit is he? Uh, how has he been affected by by that injury? Uh, but I just I would want more, and um, I want a bigger price than than what Winter Power is. Like I said, like he looks to have been a six four long sprinter. He, he looks to have been a, outside a little bit the last few times. Yeah, I agree um, with that. Yeah, you know, and maybe is he fast enough to come back to five? But it definitely worth a go here, uh, and I, I wouldn't put anyone off him. But I, I'm going to take a gamble with um, Adam McGuinness's horse, Hardy's Bar. Um, when he was second to Moon East at, at Nice, like that was enough to, to pick my ears. And obviously there's a farm true logo hunter there as well. And I just think he's big, big, big price. And these sprinters, 
you know, it doesn't take an awful lot of improvement to go from listed class to, to group one class and to run into the money. And um, I know it's another part of one, but yeah, I, I, I think it could be worth a couple of euro each way. You could run a big one if it all falls right. And it has to all fall right for the sprinters, you know, particularly over five furlongs. If it does fall right for him, he, he could run a big race. Now, to see him beating, you know, the likes of Anand Song Batash, it, it's not really going to happen, is it? But there, there is a chink in the armour there. We just don't know coming into this race um, how he is. And, yeah, I just think that the, the, the price is too big. Um, it's, it's definitely worth the gamble. He's generally slow away, isn't he, Halley Harris Bar? But if he can latch on, you know... If he can latch on in them first few furlongs, then he's probably going to go all right. Yeah, six to six to one. Um, I'm more asking, thinking how his bar used to be trained by James Fanshawe over here. He did, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just looking at that. Interesting. Steve, what about you? Uh, I've been, I've been telling, I've been, been saying for the last couple of weeks that I couldn't believe Patash was so big, but the trap is when they keep, they keep pushing them out. It sort of plants a seed, seed of doubt in your mind, doesn't it? Um, I'm still very confident. Uh, he had a minor setback. He missed a bit of work, but he beat Liberty Beach and Equilateral in this race last year. It was his best ever season. He absolutely bolted up in a numbful. It should be an even. It should be an even money shot, shouldn't he? Like Winter Power absolutely bolted up in a Cornwallis, but it's hard to know. It's hard to know what he's going to do when he's put it up in this grade. I know Andy thinks the three-year-olds are good, but you know, especially the Irish are good, very good. But on the eye, he looks very good. I just think seven to two is a bit short on what he has done. Now he's stepping up into the big boys. Oxted obviously he hasn't really run his race since last year's July Cup. He's run okay, but he's run he's run at least half a stone under his best. Liberty Beach come out and won well. Won that race at Hayden again. Probably a fresh horse, you know. I can actually see see him in the free. Um, I don't fancy any of the others. I think it's weaker than last year's renewal. Sticking with Batash, despite despite the penalty. I mean, despite the despite the way he's given the second best. Thanks very much, Steve. Andy, your thoughts on this uh, ever competitive Kingstand? Can can I be cheeky here? Um, cheeky as you want. I, I, I want to back. I want I want to back two. Um, oh, and the only reason I'm doing that is because, uh, well, I see Stu is actually offering four places, which is pretty generous. Um, I think this is a, a pretty, like, there's 16 runners. It's it's a group one. You don't usually see a group one with this big a field. And I think mm -hmm. it's it's quite, um, I think it's quite good. They, the, the bookmakers, they don't have to give four places. And if they do, it could be worth taking advantage of. Um, as as Steve said there, I, I do think the three-year-olds are good this year. Um, I really do. Uh, but winter power at seven to two is a little bit short for me. Like she, she is probably like she. she in fairness, on, on what she's shown this year, she looks like a special sprinter, and her form is boosted at Sandown last time out um, by the runner-up. Um, I believe that was last Saturday at Atlas Bay. Uh, he won the listed yeah. uh, the Carl Charge, I think, at Sandown there on Saturday in, in pretty decent style, beat some decent sprinters. But with two other three-year-olds in here, Aklam Express, and you better believe it, and. I, I, I think it was bar for them. I think it was maybe you're probably getting 25s, 28s. You might get bigger elsewhere, especially if you get four places. If you get 33s or 40s, I'm not sure if it is available. But for me, Aklam Express fared the best horse at Maidan. Um, he was beaten by three quarters of a length by Extravagant, but he basically had to run a solo from his draw. 
and he ran an absolutely mighty race. And I think he was desperately unlucky not to win out in Maidan. Now, extravagant kid is um what like we've Aklam Express at 30 trees, we've extravagant kid at eleven to two for yeah. the, for for three quarters of a length. And the only reason, and I, I do like to say this over and over again, the only reason you're getting 33 to one on Aklam Express is because he wasn't right at York last time out. He sweated up and there was something clearly amiss and he ran accordingly. And you're getting 33 to one now. But if you just go back to one run prior, he's in my opinion, very unlucky not to beat the third favour. So, like, I I don't see why you wouldn't back Aklam Express at 33 to 1. I think he's ludic- ludicrously overpriced, especially if you're getting four places. Um, and then Nigel Tinkler's other horse, you better believe it. Uh, we know this horse can run an absolute stinker and then come back right back to form. Last year, he was dead last in the gym crack, and then he, win- he won the Flying Childers at 40 to 1. That's very, very good form. He ran a fantastic race out in Keeneland when the track didn't really suit him, in my opinion. He was doing all his best work late in the Group 2 juvenile sprint. He was beaten about two lengths that day. And then he ran no sort of race in Shanti. He was kind of slow away. Maybe the ground was against him. I don't know. We haven't seen him since. But you've had two horses from Nigel Tinkler that were both poor on their domestic or European reappearance, we'll say. And they're priced on the back of one bad run each and if you're not backing those two i i can't help you because they're absolutely they're way overpriced there and they're very yeah. exposed they're only three-year-olds and uh, batash has been out with a fracture he's had an interrupted prep if he's if he's the normal batash we know he wins this he's he's the best sprinter in the world at the end of the day especially uh, five furlongs he is um and the others i think we kind of know ornate will blaze the trail um i think Aklang express will be up with it but you better believe it's a hold-up horse and he, he could well be striking late, and he'd probably be the one I favour slightly over the other two, but I'm going to back them both. And I, I think you'll get a real run for your money if you back Nigel Tinkler's duo, Aklam Express, and you better believe it. It's gonna, it looks all set up for something that's just racing off the pace, doesn't it? You, as you say, mm. all Nate's going to be taking them along, but, you know, winter power has been on his face. Mm. You know, Batash can go there, can yeah, and mm. he can also sit off the pace, so... Um, mm. If he gets a real toe into this race, I can't see anything beating Batash. It's just worrying that you, you're looking at a price. I know it, it seems a bit ludicrous to say this, but two to one seems a bit big for a horse that is probably the best in this division on his. Almost on his worrying, though, isn't it? It's almost worrying. It, it's worrying, yeah. As a punter, it's definitely worrying. Um, I wouldn't want. I wouldn't wanting to take him on. Uh, take it to have him at that price. It's a little bit too short in a Grade One. Um, so, yeah, selections, boys. Let's go over them. Andy? I'll take Nigel Tinkler's duo, Aklam Express, and you better believe it, um, especially with the four places on offer. So, Four places. There, there we go. Declan, you're Harry's bar, aren't you? 66. Six, six, and State, yourself? Uh, Batash to beat Libby Beach. Oh, a nice forecast. You're going okay. into Declan's territory there. Mm. Oh, yeah. I love that. <laughs> Right, I'm moving on. Next race on the card is we are moving over to the St. James's Palace, uh, which is the last race we're going to cover on the Tuesday meeting. Let's have a look at the betting for the St. James's Palace. We've got Poetic Fleur at 4-1, Battleground at 11-2, Lucky Vega 6-1, Mushtadaf at 7s, Highland Avenue at 8-1, Thunder Moon, who's been mentioned by a couple of lads in the racing group today. I think he has a good chance, bringing, he brings his form. Chindit at 17-2, which probably Steve will touch on. Labarossa, I think Declan likes at 16 to 1. Shall we start with you, Declan, anyway, on this race? Yeah, um, 
look, it's it's the the trial riders are quite exciting, aren't they? And you know, people are still putting up Thundermill when he clearly doesn't stay, and that's nice because that'll keep Sean on the price and and um, lengthen other prices where we can get a bit of value. Obviously, look, poetic flair comes here. He, you know, he's as tough as all boots, and and even a six that long shot was a fine run, like, you know, he wasn't beaten that far, and then he came out, and he was second at, at the Curry in heavy ground, and, you know, like, what a racehorse, mm. um, what a racehorse he is, and, you know, what, what a man Jim Bulger is, um, you know, to be to be taking on all the money in the world with these homebreds, like, he, he's absolutely phenomenal, like, there's probably not enough said about it, Um He's really amazing. Like, you know, when most trainers um, who aren't part of the big operations have to go down the sprint route to, to win group ones, like, he's winning classics um, and he's doing it for a long, long time. And, you know, I, I don't know how many years he has left or, you know, how long he's going to keep on training, but um, I, I don't think there's enough said about him. Um, look, the, the horse is probably a worthy favourite, but... I, you know, I'm, I'm keen to take him on. I, I don't think there's an awful lot between all the, the three or all milers, and that's why I think it's... I, I think because of some recent runs of others, there's a bit of value to be got elsewhere. Um, and, and then you have Battleground in there, second favourite. Like, his form just doesn't stack up. He, he, he really beat Davies Company, he was the last year, and, you know, what has he really done since? He, he hasn't done anything. Um. And I just can't understand why he's the price he is. And Lucky Vega is always knocking on the door. Uh, he actually stays quite well uh, for a horse who, who didn't look like he would stay last year. I think he stays quite well. He, he, but he's going to need everything to to fall right for him. And he's probably going to come up short again. Uh, Chinde, I know, stay like, and like It appears he doesn't enjoy Newmarket. But it could be the quality as well. You know, how many of them that he's been behind that, uh, you know, it's only Naval Crown that he's beaten, that's beat him in Newmarket, um, that he's finished ahead of elsewhere. And there's there's only a couple of lengths in it, you know. There might only be three lengths in it either way. So I, I don't know if I buy that it's the Newmarket and it's the ground because he might just have been beaten by better horses and he's coming up against those horses again here. So um, I was looking during the week and I was thinking maybe, you know, he could be good value because of, you know, is he priced up on his new market runs? But looking a little bit deeper, it's probably the quality. He, he's probably just been beaten by better horses on new market and they're turning up here. Um, Highland Avenue's two fine tough runs uh, and he was just touched off by... Uh, Mastadaf at mm. Sandown. And look, we don't know about him. He could be anything here as well, but he is a bit of a gamble. We haven't seen loads from him. Um, and look, he's, I suppose he's, he's, a, he's a backbill price as well, if you like him. I just would like to know a little bit more about him. Uh, Thunder Moon doesn't stay very, very fast. Uh, Lavarasse, the ground went against him at the Curry, and he on a line through um, Master of the Seas, there's not an awful lot to find with Poetic Flair on good ground. And I just think he's he's too big a price. He's been drifting. Um, when you forced me into picking some anti-post horses for Ascot, he was one I came up with. And he's got bigger and bigger since. Uh, and I just think he's too big. You know, he was um, 
he was he was just beaten by Master of the Seas and um how oh, the Clare is just beating him. It's just I, I definitely think he's he's good value here and he's definitely worth a bet and coming back onto good ground, I, I think he's gonna run a, a really big race. I think he's very dangerous here. Thanks very much, Dak. Nice each way price there. Um Andrew, let's come to you, mate, mate. St. James's Palace. Yeah, I would have thought I would have had this race kind of tied up, seeing as I found a winner of all the guineas, but I, I just don't. There's not um it, it's really, really difficult to kind of get a grasp on this year's renewal. The only reason I'd say that, like I would have just like I would have nearly had poetic flares my nap if it wasn't for the amount of top class racing he's encountered over the last basically since the start of may we're only in the middle of june and he's held his form remarkably well um like really like it's an absolute credit to jim bulger's training abilities and obviously how good he is with these families as deck said it's absolutely incredible how well this horse has done and how well he's held his form um uh, the only thing like i've heard people say oh he's done it with finscale bo and he's poetic player should be no different but finscale bo bombed out at royal ascot after three runs in the three classics and that's in the back of my mind mm -hmm. like obviously they're different horses different generations different like you can't just paint the you, you can't just paint them paint poetic flair with the same brush and you know, you're getting four to one for the two thousand guineas winner. And in my opinion, he was the best horse in the race in the Irish guineas. I think Max Swinney was a beneficiary of an excellent front running ride. And I think if the race is run again, Poetic Flair wins. I think he was like, I know I backed Max Swinney, but like he was my, for my money, Poetic Flair is definitely the best horse in that race that day. Um, Chinda, like his dam is, is out of a close relation to motivator. And Wooden Bassett, they like to they they look like they kind of like to stay a trip as well. I'm just in the back of my head is possibly would he be more suited to ten furlongs? He just looked like he was lacking that extra gear at Newmarket. He finished fifth in the Guineas, was a really good effort. They they earmarked this race, but when they're swinging the bend, will they just get away from Chinda? That would be my question with him. If they don't, I think he'd be. A, he'd have a huge chance of reversing the form. I think Ascot would suit him a lot better. The quicker the ground, the better for him. But I would probably like, like I think he'd be more interested in a race like the Eclipse than the St. James's Palace. I, like with the three-year-old allowance over the 10 furlongs, I think that's when we'll really see Chinda come into himself. Highland Avenue, as Dex said, um, with the form going through Mustadaf, that's, um, like they're very closely related, those two horse on form. It's hard to kind of break them. Leberosa hated the ground again with Dex at the Cura, um, and he's probably a little overpriced in fairness. Lucky Vega will, I think, will really, really appreciate this ground. And he should run a lot. He should run it like he ran solid in two classics, but unlike Poetic Flair, he wasn't a France. So this is actually, I believe, is going to be his last race before he shuttled off to Australia for stallion duties. Mm. So obviously, they're going to be really like they're going to give it absolutely everything. Um, maximal 20 to one shot we all fancied him for a group three but that was a group three this is a group one um colin kane riding for sir michael stout which is a interesting partnership throughout next week i think he's riding sangrarius as well in the prince of wales um it'd be interesting to see how he runs i think going back to a mile would really suit him but he'd have to find quite a bit on this um on on the balance of form wembley's been bitterly disappointing and we, he's just back to the drawing board with him I 
I think Thunder Moon will stay in Moyle personally. I disagree mm-hmm. with Deck there. I think that run at Newmark was just too bad to be true. It was kind of like Battleground. Um, I don't think Battleground liked the ground or handled the track. And I would have fancied him, but the ground is getting quicker. And I think Battleground just wants a bit of give in the ground. Um, obviously, being out of found, found liked a bit of cut as well. I, I would just be a bit worried about the ground for Battleground. And it was weird because I was starting to really worry about Battleground in the Irish 2000 guineas when the rain came. And then they took him out. So maybe I'm completely wrong, but he's just far too short on what he's shown now. Um, Thunder Moon would have a great chance if obviously running back to his two-year-old form. So as Wilder said, Poetic Flair would be my nap if it wasn't for his busy campaign. Ironically, he's still my selection for the race because he's mm. his form has held up so, so well. And I think the quicker ground will really suit him. And I'm just hoping that this isn't one race too many. I, I couldn't back him with any degree of confidence. Um, but he is my like he is my selection because of just like they all kind of have a question to answer, but Poetic Flair is the most reliable out of them all. And it's only the potential of this being a race too far is all I have against them. And that's not really a fair stone to throw, I don't think, at this moment in time. Um, it might be easy to say after the race, but it will be Poetic Flair. Um, and then maybe with a view to the future, I'd be watching Chinda closely with a view to him going up to 10 furlongs. But it'd be Poetic Flair for me. Awesome. Great job, Andy. Um Message here from YouTube. Declan, you were shaking your head. Do you not think Kafatram Mal would be against Labarossa? No, he tanked a bit in the Craven, didn't he? Uh, I think that's him. Yeah. I think that's him. Let's come to you, Stephen. <laughs> yeah, well, I stuck Chindy up in the, the anti-post pod, didn't I? Um, yeah. I still sort of fancy him, but I, sort of, I also sort of agree with what Andy said that the way you run up the last the last furlong up at Moon Market uphill, you sort of it, the visual the visual impression is he would definitely appreciate another furlong or two, possibly, you know. But I'll say if you're on at twelves or fourteens, you're nothing to worry about. He's, Ascot should suit him a little bit better. He's gonna be alright. There's just that worry that he might get tapped for toe coming when he when they turn in, you know. But um if Wembley wins this, I think I'll give up betting. <laughs> <laughs> right. We should all get on, sir. He was yeah, still getting on with shame. He's riding him, isn't he? So probably the one from the stable. But um, that, it's just so many fascinating runners in. It's like battleground. The last half hour before the Guineas at Newmarket, he was back as if defeat was out of the question, wasn't he? Like he went yeah, yeah. One. Um, he didn't act on the course or whatever you want to call it, the ground. Thunder Moon as well. If you go back to his was it the Beresford or the, the National Stakes? Was it? It's probably the best piece of two-year-old form going forward into this year, wasn't it, when he beat he beat Lucky Vega, Wembley, and St. Mark's Basilica. Um, poetic Flair, I'm sort of I'm going off him because of the amount of runs he's had. I know, like Andy was saying about Finch Galbio, but Lash Lashes, um, Dawn Approach, they, they, from that stable, they just seem to produce and produce like a bit, very much in a Mark Johnson sort of uh, ilk, but in a, in a mm-hmm. club. On manner, I don't want to tire him in that crush, but um, do you know what I mean? Um, Island Avenue, the Heron Ball is pretty good with mustard death on for me. Probably said I need to find a bit, but uh, Gosden won that a few years ago with a horse that went on to win this race. Uh, was it without patrol or something like that? Without parole, yeah, yeah, without parole, yeah. Um, 
that's interesting. That's progressing as well. That one quite cosily. He's one three from three. Um, we don't know where he's uh, where he's been bottomed out yet. You know, there could be a bit more to come. But you're looking at the field, right? It's five to one. The field's got four, five or six of under sevens. And you look, you look at Maximel. He brings that form of Hurricane Lane to the race from the Derby trial. He could appreciate the step back to a mile. It's a, it's a real clutch of straws for this race. I'm I'm going to stick with what I went with a few weeks ago, Chris. We've chinned it. Um, there's a doubt that he might get tapped for tone, but I still think he could well be in the frame. Thanks very much, Steve. Right, selections then. Let's go through them one more time. Andrew, yours is? Yeah, I'll stick with Poetic Flair. Poetic Flair. Declan? Elaborata. And Stephen? I'll like actually end it. If, if you had to push me on another one, I'd, I'll go for Mosh to death. Thanks but very much. Right, boys, we'll have a little pause there before we go on to the next one, which is the Queen's Vase for the next day. Uh, a little quiz here. Any of our listeners want to answer this? We'll get some of these um, on the Starters Orders podcast racing beer mats out to yourselves. The question is, see if you guys can answer this, but don't say it out loud. Just put it in the chat, guys. Um, next one. Uh, the question is, which, which race course has a bigger capacity than ascot the only one in the country that has a bigger capacity than ascot um if you know put your answers in the chat box and we'll choose a random winner and you'll get these three uh under starters orders beer mats sent out to yourselves uh make sure you do that in the next five minutes so i can choose a winner that'll be good um but we are going to move on to now we're going to move on to day two of the of the royal ascot festival and uh, we are going over to first of all it's the queen's vase Queen's Vars we're going to look at first. And half betting coming through from this one, Stu. Let's go back. Wrong one is here. We've got Wordsworth at five to two. Ruling at eight to one. Arturo Toscani, uh, Toscanini, sorry, at eight to one. Ken, 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 Ken Mari at, that is like my Italian there, Kemari. Yeah, I wonder if it is Italian. Nine to one. Taipan at tens and 11 to one bar those. Where are we going to start here, Stephen, with this Queen's Vars? Oh, God. Well, Dredden is going to come to me first. <laughs> mm. um, hold on one sec. Can you come back to me, Chris? Sorry. No worries, buddy. Let's start with you then, Andy. Yeah, um, yeah. this isn't a bad race. I, I always love seeing who Aidan O'Brien runs in this race because, you know, it, it's the stayer that kind of gets penciled in for, you know, the Ascot Gold Cup the following year or, or something like that. And I, I know Santiago won it in different circumstances last year and won the Derby. Um, so Arturo Toscanini is, is bidding to return from the dead after his death on the 16th of January 1957 to try and win the Queen's Um Look, he, he's probably he's probably a better, he was a better, like he's a music conductor and he's probably a better music conductor than he was a horse. Um, but you know, he's it's he's only having his fourth run. Um he was like his run at Newmarket was just poor and then he ran quite well behind Earlswood at the Curra. But it's kind of hard to kind of gauge where that form is coming from. He, he's he's Wayne Lorden's choice, or well not Wayne Lorden's choice, I think Wayne Lorden's gonna have been stuck with him. Uh, Ryan Moore's gonna be riding Wordsworth, who was just chinned out by Sir Lucan at Navin. 
Um, and for for my personal opinion, I think Sir Lucan should have won that race by four or five lengths. I don't think there was. I, <laughs> yeah, to, to put it, to put it lightly, just say it. <laughs> no, I'll just put it lightly. I think Sir Lucan was a, a good bit of value for the winning distance of a neck there that day. Um, but <laughs> Chef, Wordsworth though, he he was very very green still, and he is a brother to Q Gardens. Um, so I would expect him to come on a hell of a lot. Um, now he's five to two. He's kind of priced on potential, and I don't like that. Um, he's stepping up into a group two here, but you're you're dealing with a lot of horses that are that are tackling a mile and three quarters for the first time because they're of such their their tender age. They're only three year olds. They're only babies. Um, I think Joseph O'Brien running Benoud or Benoud. Um, yeah, no. um, okay. yeah, so uh, JP McManus um, has now picked him up, which I, I think is quite interesting. He was um, pretty impressive against Baton Rouge. Which Colin Keane on board. Colin Keane taking the ride, yeah. So he um, he went a, he a heap up in the weights. He was only rated 79 after his two-year-old career, and he then beat Baton Rouge in a conditions race, and that gave him an official mark of 97 um, he's by Australia, so you would assume that a mile and six should be absolutely fine. Um, Australia's tend to stay quite well. Um, he impressed me that day, to be honest. Now, I, I thought that was actually quite a, a taking performance, and they're stepping up half a mile and trip. And you know, they, they had they had other options. They had maybe the the King George the fifth stakes a uh, twelve furlong handicap for three year olds. Uh, they could have ran him in the. Uh, the King Edward uh, group too, but they've gone for the Queen's Vaz. Maybe it's the easier option, but maybe they think this horse will will improve a lot for a trip. And he's shown pace over 10 furlongs, um, with, to, like solid winning form over 10 furlongs, where, you know, the likes of Dancing King, who's an eight to one shot, he was last seen winning um, at Doncaster over a mile and six. He, 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 did, well, he did, yeah. He did all his progressing over longer trips though. And mm -hmm. I, I I would always prefer a horse that's shown the speed and is likely to stay. And I think Benoit will stay. Um, and at nine to one, I think he has a pretty decent chance to surprisingly give Joseph O'Brien his first Royal Ascot winner. Uh, he's had two, he's two, two Melbourne Cup winners, but he's never had a Royal Ascot winner. And um, so Benoit would be my pick here. Fourteen to one with skill bet. Fourteen to one. That's that's yeah, that's that's way overpriced. He won't be out in the day. If there's if he's bigger than that in the day, there's something wrong. Wait, wait, Jay's knocking him if he's down to win, so he definitely won't be that price on the day. <laughs> <laughs> what about you for this one, Declan? It's a nice stairs race, so you like these, don't you? <laughs> Do I? <laughs> only, only when there's obstacles in the way. <laughs> well, Benoit might be favoured for the Triumph next year. Yeah. I'd say he's been bought um, for that. Yeah. I, I just think he has he's plenty of stamina to prove. I'm, I'm not too sure. Um, I thought he shot a good for the speed the last day. Um, and I, I did have a good look for him earlier, but I, I, I just don't know. Look, the favourite words were the. I think he's probably, he's probably an overhyped boat. Um, and maybe we won't even see the, you know, the best one until he sees a fence, or, or next year anyway. Um, I, I thought Arturo Toscanini Carandi was quite hard on him there. Um, I don't know whether you've ever listened to any of his music, Andy. <laughs> oh, he's solid beats. Yeah, no, no. I was saying he said he was a better conductor than he was a horse. 
I chose Tuscanini, and he's obviously touched on that. Um, the one I like, Chris's ruling, um, it is a maiden, uh, like we just said, but the fact he's stepping up in trip, it's, every time it's gone up, it's improved every race. And I think we might see a bit more improvement come out of it tomorrow, uh, on Wednesday. The other one I look at, on pedigree, doesn't look like it will get home, but um, being a Zoffany, but stole uh, 12 to 1 Frankie in Gosden. Mm. This was the all set Robert Havlin got banned for. I don't know if you remember it in Lingfield where um, it was. That was a great ride. It was criminal, wasn't it? Um, yeah. He basically, he basically he was hands and heels coming around the bend. Depp appeared and he, he sort I've, of I've, I've seen worse. I've seen worse than the pretense qualifiers that you'd see were a lot worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're experienced. A few more people notice <laughs> it. But, um, yeah. I think. Um, I don't know what you think about it, Andy. Really, just Zoffany going over that sort of trip, but um, um, I know, like Zoffany's tend to Zoffany's can stay, like they um, they can, like he he's, he debuted over a mile and a half, so obviously he's slow. Um, like you know, you don't usually get horses debuting over a mile and a half, and then they're not able to get a mile and six down the line. Um, that's why you see very few bumper horses win. You know, obviously, yeah, well, the exceptional horses can do it, but like they usually turn into three motors, you know. Mm. I think I thought we did ban anyway, come out and done the business at Ascot as he should have done. But, um, he, he, he's looked pretty good in the two runs. Obviously, the first run was only a little maiden, but the Godolphin also beat it's not a bad yardstick. But, um, I think ruling at 12s and uh, so ruling around eight looks like he will improve for the step up in trip. And I think Stowe, I don't think we've seen the best of him, and uh, I think. He's on his chance as well. Do you want one or can yeah. I go with both? You can go up two if you want. I'll, I do like ruling. I'll go with ruling, Chris. I prefer Ruling's him. a lovely horse. Yeah. Ruling. You've made the ruling. You're going for ruling. Declan, you. Yeah, for maiden, yeah. Win a group two, yeah. <laughs> it's all over the conductor, is he? Yeah. No, Taipan. Taipan for me. Taipan. Yeah, uh, I just think he's harsh on the conductor. I think, you know, this is his thing. I think he's, he's a danger tomorrow. I might even go with the forecast so plan to beat Arturo Tuscanini. Turn the tables. Oh, love that. Interesting. Um, yeah, no, I'd be I'm pretty confidently with Bernard here. I think he's. I think he'll get this trip very easily. And if he's the quickest horse in the race and he stays, you know what they say about speed, it kills those that don't have it. So I'd be happy to keep him on side. Excellent. Do you know who he's named after? Um, no, enlighten me. I don't, I can't Google that quick enough. I, I, I chose to Google that for Tuscanini instead. It keeps saying Benard, but it's, it's Richie Benard, isn't it? The, the Australian legend cricketer who was commentator over here for Donkey's years. Jay's head, I not know that. Oh, I really? Yeah. Probably, probably <laughs> I've, I've no knows idea. Any cousins will know. Yeah, Steve, <laughs> you, you, have, you have like this, you have like this fountain of knowledge, Steve, that I've just no idea where you get it from. About cricket, useless. Someone just said in my ear, <laughs> it must be all that stat talking that you do to your customers when they're in that taxi. <laughs> <laughs> they don't <laughs> <miss Lima. laughs> you know, if right, any of uh, your listeners need a partner, I'm pointless. Get Steve. Uh, yeah, uh, coming back to that question that I asked a couple of minutes ago, which one, which uh, British race course, um, has the biggest capacity after uh, have a stab at it? Go on, have a stab at it. I think because it's you, I'm going to say Cartmel because they can fucking go wherever you like. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Haydock. I thought you were going to say Haydock. It's exactly like Haydock. We've had one... Not Chester, sorry, babe. You're, 
Mrs. is trying to have a go there. It's not Chester. The answer is in the chat. Here's the answer. Presbury Park. The answer is Epsom. Oh, yeah, you're not a duty infield, are you? That's a public park. You go wherever you like. That's a park, isn't it? Public park, yeah. There you go. Paddy and Brownbird, make sure you inbox us on Twitter. You've won yourself three of these. Get them over to us. Make sure your inbox is buddy. Well done. And thanks for joining. I have another question after the next race that we've covered. Here we go. We're going on to the Duke of Cambridge shirt next. Let's get the betting up for this. Here we go, boys. Oh, it's the Queen's Vars. Duke of Cambridge shirt. Short price favourite here in Lady Beaufort. Two to one, probably off the back of that excellent effort last time. Queen Power, who also won well last time at 92. It's 12 to one bar, those. Double a bubble was a decent winner at Newmarket last time, wasn't it? Um, Steve, anything with the price here that you like? Are you like the favourite? Uh, I bet Queen Power at 11 or 2 a few weeks ago. Um, it's hard to look past the favourite, isn't it? Lady Beaufort, she's, she won at Newmarket. She beat Queen Power. She beat Lavender Blue. She then ran an absolute storm and beyond uh, Palace Pier. You, you probably could argue if she was trained by one of the big yards, you're probably looking at an even money shot. Is that... That's not unfair, is it? I don't think. No, I don't think it's unfair. No. Yeah, it's a great I, I, I performance. Anyway, but I'm just thinking on on form this year. Like, if it wasn't Willie Jarvis, I think it'd be a bit shorter. But I advised Queen Power a few weeks ago in the anti-post pod, and I thought that the penny had dropped at York. She'd been bridesmaid quite a few times, but she just seemed to be a, be a different horse. The old adage isn't it about start and keeping them in training and slowly progressing. Uh, I will stick with her, but I've, I did. We've been talking privately, obviously. And Shumpers Elise on last year's form, she was twelve to one. Small, and I thought that was quite an insult, really. If you go back to her, her best runs last year, especially the Matron, she mm. blew up in appearance when full. It was probably a bit too soft as well. Um, it was fourth again the next time. I think that like I didn't really see the race properly, but I spoke to Andy after, and I think he said the jockeys really looked after the horses in the race. I think if I remember rightly. The ground was pretty bad again. Um, if she had a fast pace to, to run at, um, 10, 10 to 1 is very, very big. If you go back to like last year when she beat Peaceful and uh, the other horses at Leverstown. giving you 14s. She's giving you 14s, buddy. Oh, is he? Okay, well, 14s is a great price. But each way, I think you've got to bite his arm off for that. Lavender Blue won a nice race at Kemp's on the Sand. Always seems to come a little bit short when he's in these races. Yeah. Just won the she won the straight seven or the straight mile race here a couple of years ago, didn't she? Um, with Hayley yeah. Turner. Always comes race. across to me like she's an early season horse. Yeah, it's a good traveller. Be dropped out. Mm. Uh, Court crop pops up in these big prices. Mm. Uh, I'm still quite keen on Queen Power, Chris, but I think Shumpers Elisa as well. Um I'm going to stick with what I put up a few weeks ago in, in Queen Power, but I think um, I think Johnny Murtas, if if it's a really fast pace to run out, if she gets the right cover, she's a big, big danger. Excellent. Thanks very much, Steve. Simon Smith asks on our YouTube channel, what's your thoughts on Valeria Messalina? I always remember that horse because Neve put it up on her very first time she came on here, didn't she? Uh, Deck, Andy, any, any opinion on Valeria Messalina? I don't... I think she's a seven furlong filly, personally. I don't know what Deck mm. might think. I'm not convinced she gets a mile. Yeah, I don't have a massive opinion on her in this race. No. I don't think she'd be she'd going close here. Declan, would you want to carry on from this one? What's your thoughts on this race, buddy? 
Yeah, well, look, just, you know, Steve's quite keen on Champions Elysee, and um, I think if, if you're keen on Champions Elysee, you have to like Parents Prayer. Just me and you, Andy, they're gone, I think. Yeah, I think we're about to sell the sales, is it? <laughs> yeah. No, I think if you're keen on Champions Elysee, you have to like Parents Prayer. If you're willing to take that line of form through a pound of play, you won the race at the Curry. And Parents Prayer, like, she won Redley or Epsom last week. And uh, I know I've been taught, I've talked, spoken about her a few times. I, I was on um, was my selection for the race at Epsom, and I'm not going to desert her now. I think she really wants the mile, and I just think that, that you know, I know there's a, a nice bit of form there with Lady Bowtar, but I think the price for parents' prayer is very disrespectful. Um, I, I know still with Champers Elise a 14, but she's 8s and 10s everywhere else. And just that line of form. And, and the way she won that race last week, um, 16 to 1 is ridiculous. It's an absolute ridiculous price for her. Uh, how, how is she after the race? How did she take it? She's She's been on the go since early season. Like she's, she came to Ireland. She ran at night, obviously behind opponent day that day. Um, she went to Linkfield over seven mm-hmm. foot long. So she wants the mile. Uh, and she's gone to Epsom last week. But... Now maybe she hasn't. I know she she's she's dictated that race. Maybe she hasn't had a hard race where she's gone about it. Um, maybe she's just better than them all. And you know she she might be still improving. Um, I, I think it's a ridiculous price. I I can't ignore that. Thanks very much, Deck uh, Andy. Yeah, the, the lads have actually covered this really, really well. Um, I think De- Deck's dead right about parents' prayer. Now, the ground might be different. Um, now, unless the rain arrives, but she, she's very versatile um, in in type, in type ground, and she is. She's a bit of a ludicrous price, and she's been clipped from 25s. 16s are still very fair. Um, and and she's she's a very uncomplicated filly. Um, so, no, you'd have to you'd have to really respect her. Um I think Lady Bothorp and Oates Stee said that she might be even money or trading a shade of odds on. I, I think she's about right here. Um, like She's beaten Queen Power and Lavender's Blue, which is looking like really, really solid form and what they've done subsequently. And like She was second to Palace Pier. Um, now, the length and a quarter might flatter her because Palace Pier was easing down, but she was easily the second best horse in the race. And she drops back into comp- against her own sex now with no, any, no penalties or anything like that. But... I there is some very smart horses in here. I, I do think Champers Elise, like I, I don't understand. Like, she's only like the handicappers actually dropped her to an official mark of 111, but she's a group one winner. Um and and her bet like she ran really well in the Sun Chariot as well. I know it was she was only fourth behind Nazif that day, but she really did back it up. Traffic. Um with the with the heavy like that was on heavy ground like it was quick ground at leopard sound she came flying down the outside now she beat peaceful and fancy blue and horses like that so maybe it wasn't the strongest matron of all time but if the race is run in a similar vein she's going to be really on the premises and if you're getting a double figure price about her it is it's a no-brainer in my opinion because she, she's been there and done that and i think she might have just needed some runs here to kind of bring herself up to speed like the seven furlongs was never going to suit her and then she was well beaten by opponent plays but I, I just think she's a better filly on better ground and if this is her first time encountering that ground since the matron and she's that price 
like she's had feasible excuses and she's she'd be way overpriced there um double or bubble was very impressive at Newmarket in a handicap and she steps up into comp, uh, group two company here and she's a filly that she really impressed me at Newmarket um, and now this is a big step up in class but if there was one filly I could choose to own as maybe a broodmare prospect it would probably be her she's like she's stoutly bred on her damn side and she's by a sprinter and she she just looks like she's going to get better and better and um, yeah. similar enough to lavender's blue who's obviously going to see the stars but um both of them which i think they'll make phenomenal broodmare prospects i'm going kind of outside the point here now but um, same ownership of king, as king mania yeah I, absolutely yeah but the doubler bubble i think she um she's related to they had a very smart horse in the yard um mix and mingle i think i think she was a great yeah, one. so she's the yeah. she's the elder half sister um so you know you could expect her to get better with age and I, I think she'll take this jump in class in her stride whether she's good enough on this day that's another question and um, but she's definitely one to keep on side going forward because she will win more races this year and um, but for me just purely on a price thing and if the ground is quick um champers elise is completely completely um over overlooked here in the market i totally agree with stay and she'd be my bet here thanks very much summaries summaries of that one boys um Declan what do you fancy yeah it's fair it's fair I think she's a ridiculous price I think she's been you know disrespected a lot in the market excellent thanks very much Dec. Stephen Champers Elisa for you yeah well I bet Queen Power but I will be back in this now it's still 14s with Bet Victor Stu obviously and Boyle Sports it's as low as eight with about four or five different firms so if you are going to get on it get on it now I'll just get, get him on. Old, I'll just get him on phone now. Stu can uh, Steve have twenties. Get on the old. Get on the old yeah, WhatsApp he, there. <laughs> he said. He said, "Do one." Fourteens <laughs> is the price. Andy, what about you? Yeah, I'll take Champers Lisa. Champers Lisa. Right, the next race we're going to cover, which is on Wednesday's card, is the Prince of Wales. It's a Group One over <laughs> one mile two, and this is where we see. Love top price of the bet in here at seven to four. Let's get this up. Where is it? Here we go. There we go. Love seven to four. Lord North at nine to four. Armory three to one. Ardera at 14s. My Oberon 25s. Sangarius 25s and Desert Encounter. The Rag of the Field at 50 to one. If you're going to sign up with Skillbet, go to Skillbet HQ, SkillbetHQ.com. And use our code USOBET10 and get yourself a free £10 bet when you first sign up with those and they will match your first stakes as well. Let's start with uh, Stephen on this one. Prince of Wales, Group 1. Love, short price favourite. What takes a lot of beating for yourself? Uh, certainly, and the, pr the price is correct now as well. Um, I think there was obviously a bit of doubt about whether she was going to run, with, obviously with Armoury entered as well. And obviously, we know back in the last year she was pulled out of the arc and she's 13 to 8 now she was 2-1 two, two this morning um uh, personally lord north was was 5-4 to four, and I, I personally think he needs to produce a, a career best to be an on-form love you know um she won the guineas first time up last year so uh making debut on reappearance shouldn't be a problem she then bolted up in the oaks she was even better at york in the yorkshire oaks uh lord north's obviously got the form with last year's like your magicals your gay ass but he, he only he only won the race at ascot didn't he when um the race sort of fell into his lap uh 
he beat Felix last time in Dubai. It, it looked absolutely brilliant on the eye, but he beat absolute trees. I think Felix is running a listed race later in the week. Uh, I don't want to go as far as to say he's later week, but I can, I can from five to four this morning. I can see him getting up about three to one shot. Um, Armory, um, we spoke about him a few times. He seems to be a re- really progressive horse this year. His three-year-old career was a bit of a bit of a damp squib. He ended his two-year-old campaign running behind horses like Victor Lador in France on really bad ground. He probably didn't really recover in time. Uh, at the end of last year, though, he, he sort of got his game together, run well in the Irish Champion, run an absolute blinder in Australia. Um, but love for me, Chris. Uh, if she's anywhere near her best, the, the, the advantage for me is she hasn't. She didn't go to France and run on horrible ground. She didn't get on the plane to go to America. So there's no reason why she shouldn't be exactly as she was last year, providing she's, she's had no misses. Of the rest of the field, you've got uh, Daira of James Fanshawe. She, she won the race in America, which was absolutely brilliant. But it wouldn't be, to me, wouldn't be the level of this race. Uh, my Oberon has got no chance. Uh, Sangarius. He's been beaten on the sand a couple of times. Lovely stat followers who are thinking he's going to improve, but not for me, 25 to 1. Desert County, you probably won't see the best of him until he probably goes to, he'll go to Canada in a couple of months for the Arlington Million or something like that. Yeah. But, the Arlington Million. <laughs> yeah, or whatever it is. Um, there's a couple of races. <laughs> That's going on, isn't it? Woodbine. Arlington Million is uh, running a place called Arlington. Yeah, I'll go for the Canadian International at Woodburn. Canadian International, yeah. Um, <laughs> but love for me, Chris. I'm really I'm, I'm <laughs> five to two as well. So I'm sort of hoping she, she does the business. Thanks very much, Steve. Uh, Andy. Go on. Go on. Carry on. Andy, go to you. I was going to say something nasty there, but I'm not going to go down that road tonight. Oh, don't do, do it. it. Do it. No. Uh, <laughs> Shame he's not in the race, so I'm going to leave it at that. You are shame he's not in the race, so I'll leave it at that. <laughs> he is, he's riding armory, man. Not in armor? Oh, yeah. How much money did you lose that time? <laughs> <laughs> as much as you lost on a uh, bag of the well, flow, that's, that's the downside, isn't it? Ryan's on board. <laughs> Andrew, we're coming to oh, you. You're next. so harsh. <laughs> right, so we move on. We move um, on. I, I, it's um, I, I like, I would love. To see love, love just absolutely bolt up here, um, kind of Kevin Keegan. Like when you look through <laughs> her form, as as a, yeah, as you love it, yeah. Um, no, when you look through her form, she's beaten Cloak of Spirits in one thousand guineas. She's slapped Dennis Tymon and frankly Darling around the place, and then she goes to the Yorkshire Oaks and beats Alpinista and one voice Manuela de Vega, frankly Darling again, like. As impressive as she was, and this is the thing I have with Snowfall as well, doing what she did a few last week on that testing ground in the Oaks. Love did something similar, but what, what Love did is more reliable, I think, because it was on good ground. So, you know, winning distances, we even seen it with Alassie in the start of the year. Like, winning distances get grossly exaggerated on testing ground. But the Love, what Love did to those horses on good ground, would Lord North do that to them? Would Armory have done that to them? Like, I, I would almost say yes, um, as as we've as we had time over the winter to take a breather and delve into the form. This is by far and away Love's toughest test 
of her career and it's not even remotely close in my opinion and you know she's taken on Lord North a former group one winner uh, Desert Encounter who win who wins those international grade ones and my Oberon you know, in fairness stays right probably doesn't really have any chance here um, and Sangarius is probably held by Armory Armory comes here after running third in a champion Irish champion stakes behind Magical and Geath and finishing ahead of the arc winner Sotsas and that's in my opinion that that's probably you could argue that's the best form on, on offer here and I know the others have won group ones and, and bolted up in Oaks um, he Armory was desperately unlucky not to beat Sir Dragonet he, he was basically drawn out in New Zealand for that uh, for that <laughs> Cox play and, and he still nearly won and he was so impressive against Singarius around Chester in like you could make the argument like Ar- like I don't, I don't think this was a straightforward decision for Ryan Moore because this like Armory is just every, like he's not obviously he might be quite as good as Love but what he's proven on the book is is just as good as what Love has shown on on a, on a visual standpoint. It might have been his just couldn't be, mightn't have been his decision. No, and Love might just go and bolt up, and I, I really hope she is because she's the star here or she's the potential star here. But at six to four on on what she's. What she's done on the eye is absolutely incredible, and it's it's so exciting. But what she's done on the book, I, I just I just couldn't believe that Lord North or Armory wouldn't have done the same to the same opposition. Um, and now like she's six to four, and Lord North five to two, Armory's around three to one. So like the the market kind of has it fair enough. You're not getting a lot of discrepancy here. So this would just be a race that I would watch, but I really don't think six to four for a horse that hasn't ran yet this season against three to one for armory who has won and has been impressive and is is coming on as, as time goes by i i just wouldn't be surprised at all to see armory beat love um i don't want to see it happen i want to see love win but i, th- I think i think armory has a really really good chance here and i, I think aiden o'brien will have the first two home i just don't know what order hmm Interesting point to take there, Andrew. Uh, Declan, what about yourself for this one? Yeah, I, I fully agree with everything Andy said there about love. Um, you know, I, I, I know she won the Guineas, but her two performances after that were over 12 furlongs, and she's coming back to 10 furlongs, and there's a bit of speed involved here. And I don't know, we don't know enough about her. Um, she, she won the Guineas, fair enough, but I, I don't know if you know we just don't know if she has if she's group one good enough for these 10 four long races and um, she was phenomenal the way she won her races but you know as andy's rightly said we just don't know she's won them by um big enough distances but you know it's 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 not enough is it you know it's not enough until she proves it against some colts um some some really good calls and armory i think is is a very underrated horse we raved about him before chester Um, i don't know how he went off the price he did you know i know um steve cribbed about his three all form a little bit and then he he recovered himself and said you know she she ran behind um magical and Gehiath. and you know she did beat the arc winner or he did beat the arc winner that day you know that was a big big run um 
look, and I don't think he's the only danger either. I'm a big, big fan of Armory, and I think he's he's going to develop into a top class ten four long horse this season. But you know, Audrey, I think could be dangerous here. She wasn't far off to Narwa in in the Prairie Lopper at Longchamp, and uh, she's gone to Caneland and won then. And you know, well, I wouldn't always take those Breeders' Cup wins as, as gospel. It's the fact that she she wasn't that far behind Tanarwa. That's Tanarwa who beat Magical. Um, you know, it's she she could be dangerous here. Um, she could be developing into a into a nice horse. Uh, I don't think Lord North is up to this. I think he has he's won this race last year, but I think he's he's picked up some group ones and he's been well placed. Um, but I, I don't think he's up to this. I'm not saying Love is a is a bad horse. Like she was a brilliant three year old. I just think she stayed she stayed so well over the twelve four longs that coming back to ten four longs against Group One horses could be a little bit of a concern. And we raved about her. She was favourite for the arc until um, the, the the medicine box fell into the face and she had to come out. Or uh, you know. It's a little bit of a concern. It, it, if you're back in our thinking that she's the best horse around, I, I'd be concerned. Uh, I think Ar- Armory and Adairi are big dangers here. Um, and I think it'll be Armory. I'm a big, big fan of Armory. I think that was a huge run. The Irish Champion Stakes. Um, you know, Sotas was in behind. He wasn't far away on the day. Um, I think he's a really good horse. I don't think the rest of them are. Armory for Declan, Armory for Andy, Stephen. Yeah, I think Love will beat Armory. Ooh, so it's a one-two win, no Brian, all round. Armory twice, Love once. I fancy Love as well, um, but I can clearly see. And that's what you're Love saying, twice but... then. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, sorry. Bad calculations from the teacher there, isn't it? Bad calculations. So right, let's move on. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> I only teach one had one, two had two, stuff like that. Interesting with the pace of the race, you know, it's no guarantee, is it? Well, no guarantees in this race. Not at all. I know we're struggling with time now. I just thought just suddenly dawned upon me when you're looking at the pace angles of the race. It could become a problem. Right, we're moving on to Thursday now. Thursday, we're going to try and fly through these next three three races from Thursday because we've no deck without declarations right now. We've only got the... uh, only got the entry stage at the moment so here we go we're going to start with the norfolk stage we've got lucci this is with skillbet again lucci at four to one caramosto at fives uh both for the uh american train horses though nakatomi at 13 to two second wind at 12s andreas veselius at 12 to one gobers go at 12s ebro river 12s instinctive move at 12s and 14 to one bar those Declan, you've already mentioned your nap in this one, haven't you, the Norfolk? Which one is it, buddy? I have, yeah, yeah. When Andy Andy put the shits up in the air there, um, it's Twilight, yeah. <laughs> he, he he beat some winners at, at tip over this trip, and he wasn't disgracing that race we've we've covered in depth, uh, the, the group three, the current. And, you know, there was excuses all over that race, but he probably couldn't quicken in the ground either. And I think, you know, this five runs is going to see him. Uh, and he is another bar to one, I think. 25 25s hasn't been declared for the Windsor Castle so hopefully he goes here Um, and yeah 25s it's it's, you know I know he was was he 
five, fifth of seven in that race, but he wasn't beaten far, mm. and there was excuses. And he there was hell, yeah. yeah, you know, I, I think uh, that's a great price. 25 to 1 Twilight Jet Force. Declan, Stephen, are you passing on this one? Uh, Cadamuster was probably impressive on his debut, bolted up. Aiden's one of the So Nation and uh, Waterloo Bridge, was it? Um, that was that was the only one I really looked at, Chris, with any sort of uh, backbone to it. That would be, uh, yeah. I'm not going to waste your time going for horses, I don't, I've not really uh, had time to really track too well. What about yourself for this one, Andy? I'm following Deccan on this. I had Twilight Jet. Now, I had him down as my one of my bets of the week in the Windsor Castle. but And this is a group two. So, obviously, there's a step up in class, but th this is a proper cold. Um, like, Mick O'Callaghan bought all his two-year-olds in the breeze ups this year. Um, and that's kind of his new thing after, you know, the how well he did with the likes of Steel Ball and whatnot. But he was kind of all at sea at Nace in the softer ground. He ran really well behind Castle Star. He was beaten eight lengths, but he like he had nowhere to go, and he basically finished without having a run. And then he came out and beat two decent fillies of Tipperary, as Dex said, uh, Harmony Rose and Love Day, who had fair form in the book. They'd listed form in the book, um, and you know that was pretty respectable. But if you watch the race, Twilight Jet, he kind of found himself out in the middle of the track on his own, where Harmony Rose and Love Day were racing against each other on the far side. Twilight Jet had to do everything on his own up the near side. And he, it just looked like he got got the picture. He got his idea, and he was so impressive. And yeah, very cool. I think the yeah the stiff five. I think would just be the making of him here. And um, if obviously he's had the breeze up, he's had three runs, so he's had a lot of runs in quick succession. That would be the only thing I'd be a little bit worried about. But if he comes out of it in, in no uh, with no issues, um, twenty five to one's ludicrous. And if Maceto wins, I think it might be some people might put two and two together. He might have been beaten a bit too far, but um, twenty five is a huge price. You'd have to really, really fancy him. That's right. That's two there for twenty five to one there on the Michael o Michael Callahan train Twilight Jet. See what was your selection for this again, bud? Caramosta. Uh, Caramosta. Right. Move on to the next one, boys, which is the Ribblesdale. Have a look at the Ribblesdale Ribblesdale betting now. Here it comes through Noonstar. It's five to two. There's a lot of people who've been saying to me this week that Noonstar they feel is the nap of the meeting. Um, Divinely at seven to two, Ashada seven to two, seven to one bar those Dubai Fountain, Gloria Mundi, and C Karats at nines, twelve to ones extra higher than that. Um, Andy, don't you like Divinely in this? Is that right? No, no, no. I'm I'm really hoping she doesn't run. She won't um, run. She's not. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah, no, like Divinely, I, I backed Divinely for the Oaks. Um, <coughs> you know, she ran, she ran pretty well. She was third. I actually thought she was going to be an unlucky loser for a while because she couldn't get a run, and then Snowfall went and did what she did. So, third was probably about the best she was going to achieve. She might have been second, but it's neither here nor there. Um, Noon Star, obviously, yeah, her form in the Moosador behind Snowfall is well advertised now, but. Like there's a there's an element of too good to be true almost about Snowfall's performance. Um this is a different race. Nine to four, fair enough, I suppose. It's it's you know, she's stepping up to a mile and a half, it should be no issue. Um she's by Galileo out of midday, so impeccably bred. Um I don't have a huge opinion on this race, Chris, to be honest with you. I was quite taken by Ad uh, Ad Infinitum. Uh, of David Simcox. She was a huge price from winning a listed race at Goodwood and only her second start. 
Uh, she still looked a bit green that day. Um, it's hard to know what she beat. Um, Lady Hayes was second, and she, like she was, I wouldn't say looking exposed. It's unfair to say that about inexperienced fillies like that. Um, but that was a pretty taken performance to win a listed race on only her second start, and she's twenty five to one, um, which is a bit disrespectful. Now she might want softer ground. If the rain does come on Thursday, I would expect her to come in for a few quid. Um, mm. If you win a list race on your second start and you're a maiden, you tend to be quite a good horse. I remember um, that day at Goodwood. It was a, it was very, very windy that day. It Extremely was very, windy. Yeah. yeah, she got a good ride. Um, the other one I will mention is Annerville. Uh, so another one up the top there, Johnny Murta. She was impressive at Leopardstown beating Call Me Sweetheart. Um, who's also engaged in here. Um, I think she's 33 to 1. Um, that was also a quite a taking performance. Um, I think Johnny Murta could quietly have a good week at Ascot this this week. Um, yeah. But for me, it'd be ad infinitum. I think at 25 to 1, if it rains, um, you would have to be really sweet on her. But she, she'd have a good chance here at, at, a, at a big price. And um, what about yourself for this one, Declan? Anything standing out? Yeah, Andy's mentioned both of them. Um, Annerville. She, she's unexposed. She should have no problem with the step up. She won really nicely at Leperstown uh, and Conley Sweetheart as Frank the Farm. And she's another one with a chance. Um, you know, I'm so used to backing non runners that I'm going to throw two darts at this one. Before <laughs> you may as well, hadn't you? <laughs> Stephen, what about you for this, bud? Uh, that's a tough little week because Noon Star obviously looks, looks clear on form. I'm sort of, a, of the, when we spoke about the Musidora after the Musidora. We sort of thought it was a slowly dictated pace. Uh, and Tiana Star was the other one, was it? The, the, the varying horse that pulled really hard and come on. I don't think the slow pace sort of suited Noonstar either, but Tiana didn't really boost the form much in the Oaks, um, which obviously has nothing to do with this. This, this is probably a worthy favourite. Shard hasn't won two little races by a neck. Dubai Fountain does bring the classic form to the race. Um, I'm probably with the boys like looking at something not further down the field. I don't put, I don't actually fancy anything down the field, but it wouldn't be a shock to me if they, uh, if one of them did run it, uh, if one of them did did surprise them with that price. See carrots is interesting. Um, they're obviously trying to go down the same path as the uh, one there the other year, second to neighbour in the arc. See the what's it called? James Doyle wrote it. Um, yeah, see a class, yeah. So they sort of they're going down every year to sort of come up with something like this. See character second behind title and a little maiden. Um title and Nagano going uh, the King George stakes, therefore first and second favourite. So it'd be interesting to see whether this goes for this. But um for a selection, because I'm really struggling. Um I don't fancy anything. <laughs> yeah, just leave it. <laughs> I really don't do, but go with the favourite. <laughs> it probably win. <laughs> probably win. Yeah, may as well put it up, Steve. You'll... Yeah, no, I don't. I don't fancy anything. Declan, you know, I was touching me bet. Uh, Annabelle and Call Me Sweetheart, and yourself, Andrew. Um, I do like Annabelle, but I will take add in. I would say add infinitum for David Simcock. Ad infinitum. Right, next question. Final question, actually, for us tonight. Um, can win three of these. Beer mats, there we go. On start as orders. Beer mats for yourselves. 
I've only had one winner so far. Um, let's see if we can get another winner here. Here's, tonight, here's the next question. You can play along, lads, if you want, but type it in the chat. Um, when Royal Ascot was not um, held at Royal Ascot in 2005, where was it held? Okay, if you want to type it in the chat, we'll choose a random winner in the next five minutes. Where was it held when Royal Ascot was not Royal Ascot? in 2005 steve's got it correct there in the chat but he doesn't win anything sharma <laughs> sharma <Dahl. laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're still waiting on our yeah they'll, they'll get there eventually coming via uh the air uh, aren't they or the land i'm sending them across via haydock swimming meeting so they'll get there eventually uh right we're going on to the gold cup now which is on thursday the gold cup let's load up the betting for the gold cup. here we are it is Stradivarius at five to six, Objectivist at eleven to two, Trushan eight, Spanish Mission at nine, Santiago at twelve, Serpentine at twelve, and sixteen to one bar. Those. Do you want to start with Serpentine, Declan? Yeah, no, I don't know how to make a Serpentine. I still don't know how to make it. That's very bloody racist, um, isn't it? Like I, I, I just don't know. He's been supplemented here, so it's like, right, okay, they, they know what this horse is about, but. I just don't know. I I I think the winner is trained by Aiden for uh, oh he's not trained by Aiden, is he? Um or is he it's Donica, is it? Is it Donica, yeah. Yeah, he's in um Is it Emperor the Sun? Yes. <laughs> uh look, obviously Stradivarius is is the ultimate star, uh, and he's gonna be very, very hard to beat. Uh but I, I think this could be a tough enough little heat for him. Um, subjectivist, I think he's you know, he looks better again this year. I like the ledger from last season, and I think he's he's quite exciting going forward. Um, Spanish mission, I, I run him down all the time, uh, and he, he pops up and he wins the races. He's beat mm -hmm. um, Santiago the last day at, at York. Princess Zoe, I think she's probably been found out now, like she she's stead on from. You know, Bordeaux to win in Paris that day. But since then, I I just, you know, it was a great little story for a while, wasn't it? You know, is it Tommy? She can't show, isn't she? Let's be honest. I, I, don't, I don't think she does. This is right, maybe. I don't think she does. Like, And then you had Joseph's horses, Twilight Payment and Master of Reality, who are capable of throwing in big, big runs, and they could run into the money here. Um, and they're always big prices. They're really, really likable stairs, but they probably have other prizes on their mind. But I just think Emperor of the Sun is overpriced. Um, he was toured to Baron Samadhi at Navin. I thought Baron Samadhi would have gone well here. He, he, he slipped off to the States and won without any of us know. Um, Emperor of the Sun <laughs> won several big stakes at, at Leopardstown, and he looks an improving stair. Uh, he's been second to Galileo Chrome last season. I just think he's overpriced, and I think he's coming here with a big, big chance, probably under the radar a little bit. Um, I, I think he'll be around for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. the race. Nice. Thanks very much for that, Declan. Um, let's go to Stephen next. Where'd you go? I missed that last bit, Declan, for the last next couple of years. Emperor of the Sun. Oh, okay, okay. Um, He's the horse that should have been beaten by Sunchart. <laughs> yes. Okay, yeah, gotcha, yeah, yeah. <laughs> should. <laughs> oh, 
it's got a lot of depth in it this year, isn't it? Um, I can't remember a stronger Irish contingent ever in this race, if I'm honest. Um, Stradivarius. Uh, I remember when we, we, we sat down here last July talking, it was a glorious group of me, wasn't it? We was, Andy came up with some stats about the only time that um, Stradivarius had been beaten. And I think it was sat along the lines of, was it three-year-old classic horses, Andy? Was it? Or, it was, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was it was Q Gardens and obviously it gives Santiago a lot of weight that Dan done done the business. I'm sort of I couldn't I couldn't back him at five to six, but it's just trying to find something to bloody beat the thing. Yeah. And be it uh at the mud festivals as Declan likes to call it at the end of the year, but he was placed by Japan, uh Chester. I don't I think I think he needs soft or heavy East Grand. So Jacksonville's Although looked okay on reappearance, was put in his place when he was against the top stars as a three-year-old. He got beaten as a ledger. Um, Spanish mission, we sort of we discounted him at York, and he came back with a good runner. I think he's too short with nines. Santiago, I don't think will stay. Um, the Derby winner just—it's just fascinating, isn't it? To have a Derby winner in here. Um, Sort of getting tongue-tied here, trying to think what to say about him. He's, he, he pissed up in the derby. He then had was fast ground in France when he got beat by Mogul. I just don't know what to expect from him. Um, you have to have a little bit on him at 12 to 1, is what I'm thinking. In fact, he's been supplemented, you know? Mm. Sort of class animals, when they bring him to this sort of race, you've got to respect him, you know? Like Kingfisher should have won this. Kew Gardens probably would have won it with that. Having a setback because he beat Stradivarius. It's the last one to beat here, Ascot. But um, he's a seven year old Stradivarius now. I think Serpentine will be an each way bet for me, Chris. Serpentine, thanks very much. Stephen, Andrew? Yeah, I don't know. Aiden must just looked at Serpentine and go, you know what? That's a two and a half mile horse. That, that's, <laughs> that's what it looks like. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, avoiding I'm, him. I'm not going to, like, it basically. Like, I don't know if he rang up Mr. Magner and goes, here, do you have 50 grand on you? We should do this for the laugh. Let's do it for the crack. Uh, uh, look, it, I just don't, like, this race just does nothing for me. Like, it's just, Doesn't get it, belongs, it? it belongs with the famine and, and just oh. you guys invading random countries. It just, like, oh. nobody wants a two and a half mile flat race. It's, it, it, um, <laughs> Like I see the Germans the Germans send over Rip Van Lips. Like, is, is that a Dutch porn star or something? Like, <laughs> that, that's a very weird name. <laughs> yeah, but, um, I would, I think Subjectivist is the one to be with here because he's the most unexposed stayer in the field. Like, he's just been, like, he's been beating the living daylights out of some decent enough horse. Like, he won a, he won a Goodwood beating Caballetto as a horse I like. I know she hasn't done a whole lot this year. Is he going to be ridden like DXB? That's what, what Mark is saying. You see, I don't think so. I think I think Serpentine will go off, will go off in front or Nayef Road or something. I think Ser I think Subjectivist will actually be ridden like a good horse. And I think, so I think DXB safe. might have beat Stradivarius if it was ridden properly a couple of times. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no, you're not you're not wrong there. I I, I will actually think I think they used to, him up a, to, a little too much as well. But like he was so impressive at Maidan. Like he made an absolute mockery of Walder. Or like of the, I think it was Walderby who was second. 
Um, and look, he, he didn't actually lead that day. He was on the front end, but he wasn't like getting an uncontested leader, being ridden like a, a like a like secretariat back in the back in the day, right? Like the, he didn't get he didn't get a ride out, you know, out twenty lengths out in front and catch me if you can. I think he'd be ridden like a good horse, and he just like if he stays, he'd be very hard to beat. I feel. Um, I I I, I hope Stradivarius wins. It'd be nice to see him match eights and get the fourth gold cup but like you're winning a two and a half mile group one like it's it's like how many like it's a, it's a group one like it, i'm not even going to get into it anymore so i, I wouldn't even say 0. 0.001 percent of horses win group ones but 0. 0.00001 percent of flat horses can well, that, that, that's horses. what that's what will bring the joseph's horses into it twilight payment and a mass of reality like mm. if they're on a going day and he wants them to win they could be knocking on the door here. Um, they've oh, run they the before, like you know, it's like it's like these races are like five four long sprints. You don't need to find an awful lot to compete in them, and mm. you know they could be knocking on the door at big prices. But I think Emperor of the Sun might be just one of these horses who's made for this race. Yeah. Mm. I yeah no I I I hear that. That's fair enough. But I think I. Subjectivist has shown a high level of form, and this is his first time, I believe, at two and a half miles. And he's mm. smart, um, and he, he has the speed for you know, he's the speed to be very impressive over a mile and a half, mile and six. And, and wherever um, he, he's fed or in a home, so he's made of, yeah, that's it, yeah. And like, he, he basically that's it, yeah. I, I'd be it'd be subjectivist for me, Chris, but look, I'm not going to be having a bet, um, it's just not a, a race I overly I'm, I'm not too mad on, to be honest. I know it's the main event of the week, but whatever. <laughs> allegedly, oh, okay. allegedly, you think you actually know the queen, the queen in her elder age. I think she's able to stay awake for the whole duration of the Ascot Gold Cup. I know Philip wouldn't. Have <laughs> what color will she be wearing tomorrow? Fuck off, will you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, that brings us to the end of talking about those first. Those races. Uh, we are going to look at the handicaps now. Have any of us got any selections for the handicaps this week? I, I didn't want to have nothing, so I had a very quick sprint earlier. And you know what? No need is starting to trend. Um, group in yeah, you know, he's like, We're so good at the national hunt, you know. We'll just like, try our hand at some flat. Give it a go. Nobody has Lafayette entered in the hunt cup. Um, and I think that horse has, has a really good chance. Yeah, like he, he he's won a group race the last day. He won a group one the last day. You know, um, we had the train. It was the Tatskal Cup, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, like um, I, I think Lafayette is is a really really honest horse, um, and and definitely you know low low enough in the weights. Definitely worth the bet in the hunt cup. That was it. Was the only thing we could find. I just didn't want to have nothing. Well, good, good lad for that. At least you've, at least you've worked on it, Declan. Well done, lad. Good lad. That's all we need. A selection, right? Yeah. Let's go to you, uh, Stephen. Handicap selections, uh, Royal Hunt Cup. I'm really keen on Astro King, Sir Michael Stat, Ryan Moore rides uh, fourteen to one. Won a little race at Nottingham, then went to the first Hunt Cup where it missed a break. Uh, it's far too far. Come late, wide. The race was over before it got got going. Really, I think it's a bit of a plot. Really, eight stone thirteen. Um, mm. Really keen. I think it could be a bit of a gamble. It's something to go favourite. Um, 
And the other one I really like is on Thursday, the Britannia Stakes is three-year-old straight mile. It is Dermot World's horse called Probe. This is a Kingman I've tested who Dermot trained. It's a proper judgment bred. Um, Dermot don't come over here. When he does come over here, you take no. He's got a great record. Dermot, Dermot Ware goes everywhere, man. Dermot Ware goes everywhere. There's only criminals, you know. There's only criminals in Australia. And he's coming over there. He's he like trumped the horse there himself. He won the Ireland Million the first year was put on. You don't like him, do you? Dermot Ware. Well, personally, or as a horse trainer? Um, yeah, anyway. <laughs> oh. you, put, you put me off again, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, he, if, he, what, what he does bring to Ascot is normally two or three a year, maybe. And um, You're normally going to get a big run out of him. The fact he's running a big race like this, um, I, f- I think he'll go very well. 12 to 1 as well. Probe and Astro King. And, Thank you very uh, much, Steve. Yeah, Ryan Moore riding for um, status. Sort of a blast from the past, isn't it? The sort of a, He's probably gone out of his way to get him for this run. Yeah. There's, <laughs> a, there's actually one that I like with Ryan Moore for Stout too, but that's running in the Kensington Palace. Um, Sorry, yeah, lights on. The horse is lights on for Cheveley Park. Um, you know, she's learning on the job every, every time. She hit the front far too early last time at Ascot, I thought. Um, and still stayed on to win beating Dream Loper by a little uh, shoulder, I think it was, or maybe even a neck or something like that. Dream Loper re-opposes. Um, but I just think she's uh, a really improving filly. And off 98, I think she's got room for movement off that. Um, she'd be one that I'd be keen to have a go in, in the Kensington Palace Stakes. That would be my only one from the handicaps. Um, let's go to you, Andy. Anything from you? Um, I've only the two, Chris. You already know one of them, uh, Irish Admiral, um, yeah. who got into the Royal Home Cup. He's back from twenties back to tw- he was he went out to twenties after Epsom, and he clearly was he's beaten after a furlong there. He just was not a home on the track whatsoever. Um, he's got in anyway. It's not an ideal prep, I guess. He's gotten stall six. Um, look, I. I generally think higher numbers are better in the hunt cup but it kind of depends where the pace is i suppose stall six might prove to be okay he's gonna be out in the middle of the track but i just i'm still absolutely convinced that he'll win a big race this year he's so well handicapped um just by the way he's progressing i'm absolutely certain that he'll win a decent race this year so i'm gonna stick with him for the raw hunt cup I think uh, he might be on the wrong side. I think Andy that draw. He could well be on the wrong side now. Yeah, he's got still... Danny drawn in twenty four, yeah. and that's a flyer. Yeah, oh look, I'll I'll stick with him anyway. I've I've gotten yeah. this far with him, and um, I'll, I'll probably look the race closer today, and I might stick a horse or two up on Twitter for anyone that yeah. might follow me there. But um, the other horse I I was quite sweet on, and is it the King George the Fifth Stakes? Um, he obviously wasn't as good as as the other King George if he's only getting a handicap named after him, but. Um, I, I the other horse I have is uh, Francesco Guardi. Now this does come with a disclaimer. There's the declarations tomorrow. We're obviously recording on Monday. Um, anyone that's listening on audio, he could be declared. He could not be. And um, the only reason I say that is because there's a ten furlong handicap. The Golden Gates Stakes over ten furlongs on the Saturday, which he's also engaged for. Um, I think they'll run here. I think they'll go up and trip with him personally. Um. This is a very smart horse. I, I think he, he won on debut at Salisbury, um, ran to a decent level of form, beating Lost in Space. 
He then came out with Newbury, and uh, finished behind St. Lawrence, who has decent form in the book, and Dahabi. Um, and he finished ahead of Jumbi, who's well fancied for the Commonwealth Cup. Um, it was a, sh- a trip was way too short for him. He was under the pump quite early, um, stayed on. He just didn't quite have the pace to do to do it over seven. He came out then at Yarmouth at odds on and stumbled early on, and O'Shea Murphy had to take care of him. He was lucky not to come down, which he just put a line through. Now, he was really keen at Newmarket then on his reappearance, but I'm putting that down to the fact that he just might have been quite fresh and he had no cover. Um, he was out in the middle of the track on his own. So I'm hoping that the mile and a half with a bit of cover, hopefully O'Shea Murphy, I'm assuming, will keep the ride. Um, I'm hoping he can get a bit of cover and just run really, really well. Um, I actually, sorry, it'd be Daniel Musket riding him. It won't be O'Shea Murphy, sorry. But uh, mm-hmm. Daniel Musket's actually jocked up for him on the Thursday. Um, he just needs a bit of cover. He's a 12 furlong horse all day long. The, the dam is related to Trev. Um, and he's obviously by Frankel, who we've seen is getting stairs. Um, I'd be actually really sweet on him. Uh, maybe he might need to be gelded. I don't know, but <laughs> um, no. But I'd be I'd be very much fancying Francesco Guardi. So he's running a five. Ter- hopefully, running a five thirty-five on Thursday, the King George V Stakes. Um, so the mm-hmm. Irish Admiral in the Hunt Cup and Francesco Guardi. He's the twenty-five to one shot. Is banging on about the start of the show. So. Interesting. Thanks very much, boys. Well, that summarises the whole of this week's podcast. We'll be back on Thursday for another one, which we'll cover Friday and Saturday's Ascot meetings. Uh, thanks for joining me, guys. Cheers, Chris. Cheers, man. Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. Head on over to our handle at USO Podcast and click the notification bell to never miss an episode.